This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, so let's um, let's look ahead here, John. So we do have this Jacksonville game coming up this week, and the Texans actually look—they're actually down to a nine-point favorite. I have no idea why the money moved on the Texans here uh, this morning, but they're down to nine. It's been nine, nine and a half all week. Uh, they're one of the bigger underdogs on the board. This, though, is a place where they've had a lot of success. Even bad Texans teams have gone into Jacksonville in recent years and won football games in Jacksonville. The last time they lost in Jacksonville was in 2017, the year that the Jaguars made it to the AFC Championship game. So we do a pregame six-pack every week for the Texans' opponent week three at Jacksonville. As you can see, if you're watching on uh, on YouTube, you're watching on video, you can see the graphic at the bottom there. Um so let's do this. The six people storylines are parts of this game, John, that people need to know heading into the game on Sunday, and then we'll make our predictions on this game. You go first. The obvious person is for the Texans is C.J. Stroud, who's off to a terrific start. Under extenuating circumstances of having the worst offensive line in franchise history, everybody made a big deal out of four starters being out in that loss Sunday to uh, – uh, can't remember who they played now. Uh, Colts. Colts. They lost. Good job starters. wiping it from your memory, John. Yeah. That's, I three, wish I had that power. <laughs> three starters were out. Well, those three starters were backups who had to become starters. They've got all these injuries up front. They got poor play from Shaq Mason, who Nick Casario extended without seeing him play here. Nick hadn't seen him since he was in New England. So their offensive line has just been a shambles. But Stroud's gotten rid of the ball quick. He's done well on the run. He hasn't had an interception. He's going to get one sooner or later. You hope it's not at Jacksonville. They won there last year with Davis Mills. Could they win? Sure, they could. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be mediocre two games in a row. No. I'm going to add to that, John. My first one here, just to play off of what you just said, 
is Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans, who I've probably been more critical of this week than praising him. Just look, he's the offensive coordinator for an offense that's scored 14 points a game the first two weeks. So there's 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 not a ton to look at and go, yeah, he's he's doing a bang up job. But I was very, very critical of him for the way he handled the second half of the Indianapolis game, the casual nature that the offense was was uh, going about their business with, um, the play calling, which was lacked complete urgency, running up the middle in a game where you had shown you can't run up the middle, all of those things. So I think, I think Slowick is going to be something to watch in this game to see if they're going to try to run the football. We know that. We, we absolutely know that that's what they want. That's their stated goal, it feels like. But I wonder if they're not able to run the football, and especially if they get behind, if he adapts and lets C.J. Stroud put the onus on his right arm to go win this football game. Because I think Stroud has shown he's perfectly capable of making the throws that you need to make to move the chains and score points. Um, I just My hope is that uh, if this is a game that's a winnable game and that's what's needed to win the game, not – leaning on Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary and running their heads into a wall 25 times for an average of 2.2 yards or something like that. I hope that Slowick, same way with C.J. Stroud, same way with D'Amico Ryans, all these guys that are doing their job for the first time, I hope Slowick has learned some lessons these first couple weeks. And the lesson I think he needs to have learned is if they're going to win football games right now, it's going to be based on C.J. Stroud throwing the football, not trying to run Damian Pierce 25 times behind this broken offensive line. I don't see them having a chance to win many games, and I'm and I'm pretty sure one of the reasons he did what he did. Stroud's on a pace to be sacked 93 times. Team record 76, 2002, David Carr's first year. He's been hit 19 times, and I'm guessing he knows the more he throws the ball, and they've thrown it a lot, the more Stroud's going to get hit. And he went into that game with a sore shoulder. He played great. Two touchdowns should have been three, if not for Josh Jones' penalty. Maybe they get their problems straightened out in the offensive line. Maybe they don't when Titus Howard and Juice Scruggs can come back. But I think the offensive line affects the play calling. But in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, when they should have been getting to the line of scrimmage sooner, if not going to a no huddle, quarterbacks love to play no huddle because they don't have to think as much mm-hmm. and just play. They should have had everything turned up a couple of notches on the last drive, two drives of the third quarter, and then, of course, all the fourth quarter. So I think we'll see, like we saw them not have the issues and having to burn timeouts of the first game, I think we'll see Bobby Slowick calling a different kind of game. Problem is they're averaging two yards of carry lowest in the NFL, and it's not going to change with this offensive line. No, no. Well, at least they get Laramie Tunsil back, and that'll, that'll curtail some of the concerns about – and I don't want to hijack any of your six-pack things here, John, but getting Laramie back for the sake of CJ and keeping Josh Allen off of him I think is obviously a positive development this week. What's your next one, John? Well, I'll say this. They haven't said Laramie's coming back for sure yet, and they need him desperately. And even when he was in there, he was sacked five times. So I don't think it matters. who When they're not good across the board and teams are taking advantage of those offensive linemen, Stroud's going to get killed. Uh, my next one, I've given up on the running game because I think it's impossible to run in this situation up front. So I'm going to go to the defensive line, and the defensive line just got hammered, manhandled by the Colts. And no tackles for loss, not one stinking tackle for loss in that game. 
even though they ran the ball, they threw the ball, and they just got engulfed. They had one hit on the quarterback by Will Anderson, Jr. It was just a terrible performance overall. Caught out of position on two touchdown runs by Anthony Richardson, missed tackles, defensive line, starting with ends Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson, Jr., moving inside to Malik Collins, who just got a big contract. The line has to play better than it did against the Colts. John, you know who the worst defensive lineman is in football, according to Pro Football Focus? Malik Willis. Malik Collins. Yeah, Malik Willis would be an awful defensive lineman as well, for sure. Couldn't be any worse, could he? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Like, You know what? By Mathematically, that is accurate. He could not be worse (laughs) than Malik Collins, who is, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst defensive lineman in all of football. Ooh. I wouldn't want that stigma, but they've got to play better because they sure did not follow up their performance against the Ravens when they played well against the run. Got some heat on uh, Lamar Jackson. They didn't follow up against the Colts. I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball for for my second one, John, and I'm going to go with Jimmy Ward, assuming he's back. Again, I know he's another one that is practicing again, and we're hoping he's back along with Tunsil and a couple other guys. Um, But I think Jimmy Ward for a couple of reasons. One, as we've mentioned, they've got a lot of weapons on that Jacksonville side. I think they're going to need – Somebody back that, you know, Jimmy Ward was brought in, I think, for for a lot of reasons. I think kind of savvy and leadership is one of them. So I think having Jimmy Ward back there to make sure everybody's where they need to be. But I think even more than that, you know, those first several series against Indianapolis where they just look dead in the water, the Texans. I'd like to think that if Jimmy Ward's on the field, he's getting up up in somebody's grill about playing the way they were playing out there. I know he was on the sideline for that game. It's different, I think, when you're out there in the huddle, play to play. You can get, you know, you you can exert some of that veteran leadership. It's a reason why he's a captain. It's a reason why they signed him. Um, Jimmy Ward having hopefully kind of a Jimmy Ward effect on this defense to where they don't come out slow the way they did in week two. Um, and then hopefully making a play. You know, Jimmy Ward, he forces turnover sometimes. Maybe making a play in this game because they'll probably, they are significant, you know, they're definitely the less talented team. They're probably going to need to win the turnover battle in order to win this game. And I think Jimmy Ward affects that too. So he's mine not only for the the actual physical reasons of him being a good football player, but I think the 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 leadership and energy that he brings, I think, is much needed based off of last week. Hopefully he can inspire them for but yes. usually, usually that kind of effort from the start is on the coaches. D'Amico Ryan, Matt Burke, Bobby Slowick, position coaches. Those guys just weren't ready to play. No. It's inexcusable. It was uh, it was very frustrating. What's your next one, John? The wide receivers. Right now, C.J. Stroud and his wideouts are what they've got going best. Nico Collins was outstanding. His numbers would have been even more impressive if he hadn't had a couple wiped out because of penalties. Great on those slant wraps. He breaks tackles because he's strong and he's 6'4". I'm eager to see what the Jaguars are going to do to take away the middle of the field from him because he burned them big time. But Collins, Tank Dell should have had two touchdowns, one call back because of Josh Jones's penalty. Robert Woods has been very dependable. So those wideouts got to step up as they have been, especially when they get in the red zone because they got to be better in the red zone. Yeah. They, uh, you know, Seth made this observation. The thing that he thought was cool about Tank Dell getting in there and getting as many snaps as he did, you talk about opening up the middle of the field. The big reason why the middle of the field was open for Nico in that Colts game is because they had to respect Tank deep. Tank was doing a lot of clearing out of that middle part of the field because 
he's he gets open everywhere in the field. He gets open at all three levels of the field. So Tank Dell being out there, I tell you, John, I like I don't root for injury with anybody, but Noah Brown going on injury reserve and forcing the coaches to give more snaps to Tank Dell offensively, it might end up being one of the best things that's happened that's happened to this team. I'd go to Tank deep early. Yeah. Just to, just so the Jaguars would be aware of it and maybe leave the middle of the field open again where Nico Collins can excel again. Yeah. Um, all right. My last one, John, for our pregame six pack here is is the the cornerback room. I mean, I know both my previous one was the secondary. I'll go from safety over to corner. If Derek Stingley Jr. is not going to play, the only corner that they have on the roster right now that is really trustworthy and experienced is Steven Nelson, which is crazy to think given all the noise he was making during the summer about his contract situation. Not only has he played really, really well so far, uh, not only did he actually end up getting a little bit more money this year that he wanted, despite clowning Nick Casario on social media, um, he's 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 the only guy, he's the last man standing right now among healthy frontline running backs. As you mentioned before, they cut Desmond King. Tavier Thomas breaks his hand against Indianapolis. Derek Stingley Jr. pulls a hamstring in practice. Um, and it, now it's it's Steven Nelson, Shaq Griffin, and then a bunch of guys nobody's ever heard of before playing cornerback against a team that has Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. That's a good, solid – that's better than solid. That is a that is a really good duo of wide receivers who have both had their moments so far this year. Calvin Ridley had 100 yards and a touchdown in the first game. Christian Kirk had a bunch of catches and over 100 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Two really talented guys. I tell you, John, Calvin Ridley, like that's that's one – that's one where I wish the Texans had been in on. You know what I mean? Like that's that 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 to me for a guy for a GM that just throws away day three picks on guys like Kendrick Green and things like that. To not have ponied up what it would have taken to get Calvin Ridley here, uh, I said it at the time too. This isn't revisionist history. Like I I always thought you know the Texans. That's how you that's how you can minimize some of the gaps in your roster compared to the rest of the league on the margins is to find bargains like that distressed assets like Calvin Ridley was, you know, coming off a suspension for gambling. He's every bit as good the wide receiver now as he was when he was in Atlanta, and now he's just got a clearer head and presumably no more gambling apps on his phone. But um, cornerback for me is is the big one, John. Like I, how they piece this thing together against the Jags, I'm going to be fascinated to see. One of the things I feel safe in saying, Graylon Arnold, who uh, is a backup safety, who's had to play a lot, now he's going to be the nickel corner, and I feel confident saying Graylon Arnold may go down as the greatest nickel corner in history. Why do you say that, John? Second Bears. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Jalen Petrie's good. John Weeks is good. Yeah, no, they've got some – Baylor's put out some players, John, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm a, this, is, this is a pro-Baylor podcast. I just wanted to make sure the audience knew that you know, we get, we're getting new listeners all the time. I just wanted, I wanted to make sure they weren't coming away like, this guy – who votes for the Hall of Fame? Who's people on this, this people I don't know that don't know that they don't have a clue who Graylon Arnold is anyway. Well, exactly. And you just said he's the greatest slot corner in the history of the team. Not yet. Not yet. I didn't say, but he, was. he will be. Okay, I, I said I feel safe in saying he'll be the greatest in history. And that's just as silly, John. Sick if him. people don't know, sick him. There you go. All right. Uh, what's your prediction on the game? I'm going with Jaguars. Let's see, thirty to sixteen. 30 to 16. I'm going to go a little closer this time. I'm going 24-20 Jags. I'm feeling wow. I feel like the, I feel like the world is piled on piled up, uh, piled up against the Texans right now. 
John, last I checked, they build all those big, fancy, shiny buildings in Vegas by people losing bets like this, not winning them. I don't think the Texans win the game, but I'm going to say they find a way to to, uh, to keep it close, and C.J. Stroud takes that next step in his development as a quarterback on Sunday. And uh, you do know the offensive line's injured in the corner. I do. I do. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. I, I'm aware. I do four hours of radio four every day. Points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the NFL's a weird sport. I hope you're John. right. It'll be a better, it'll be a better game and better. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they win. I hope I, I hope I'm wrong. I want them to win the game. But yes, I get what you're saying. You hope, you hope I'm more right than you are. Yes, it'll be yeah. much more fun to talk about next week if they overcome odds and finish with a four-point deficit. That would be great. That would act. That would be great. All right. So you and I are both on the record there. I think they lose, but cover. You think they lose, and the Jags cover the number thirty to sixteen for John twenty-four twenty. For me, 